0: You know, I minister a lot on uh, this testimony. <clears throat> There's a place that we can walk in. Where when a car's coming at you, it'll just fly over you. Amen. And, uh, I, you know, you say, well, how does that happen? I, I don't know. I remember one night, uh, those that's been around a while, you might remember Kalita. Uh, that was Melissa's grandma. Yeah, Melissa's grandma. And uh, I had prayed that prayer at the end of the service. She's in heaven now. And uh, I prayed that prayer at the end of service, that Psalms 91. And she left the service, and she was driving, and she had a green light. And uh, uh, so she was going, and somebody was running a red light. She said she could see their face and their eyes. They were that close. And she said the car just went through them, and she kept going. You remember that story? And uh, she, says, she said, I was sitting there shaking. I didn't know how it happened. Well, you don't know have to know how. You just got to know that he does things like that. Amen. There's a realm that we can live in. Uh, where the power of God is resident in our lives. Amen? amen. All right. right, Second Peter chapter 1. You ready? Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. We're excited about the word. I'm glad because we've got a good word today. Amen. Now, I, I've preached, 2 uh, Peter chapter 1, I've preached messages on this verse, or on this chapter. Uh, today, I, I'm using it as a foundation of where we're going. And i um, and I think you're going to see some things in this and uh, be blessed by it. But 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 2 says grace and peace be multiplied. Grace, the power to do and peace, the power to be with God. If you study out the word peace in many arenas of the Bible, there is sometimes it is used in a realm of absence of violence, but other times it's used to be joined with. So, and grace is the ability to do what God commands, so the power to do Or I could say the power to be. Grace and peace, the power to do and the power to be, be multiplied unto you. So that means you can live in a little bit, you can live in a lot. It can be multiplied. Wherever you're at, you can multiply the power of grace and the power of peace. So what is the multiplication factor? Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Now, that's not academic knowledge of God. That's knowing how God does things. That's the knowing of God. Remember in Isaiah 55, it says, My thoughts are higher than your thought. My ways are above your ways. Okay, so, so it's not like an easy thing to walk in the knowledge of God. The more you understand about God, the more grace and peace will be multiplied to you. I remember uh, uh, it, Peter reminded me of this when he was talking about how he loved Psalms. I was praying one time, this goes back, I mean, we were at, in the building two blocks over, so I mean, it goes way back uh, in time, 15, 20 years ago. And um, I said this to God. I in it with all my heart. God, if I could write like David, I could praise you in magnificent ways. And I tell you what, God didn't hesitate. He answered me right back. He said, no, if you knew me like David, you could write like David. Knowledge. See, we're, a lot of times we're trying to apprehend, trying to do what God says, receive what God says, and how we're thinking. The multiplication factor here is knowledge. The more I understand how he does it, not pause. Don't just take that as a, oh, okay. Uh, it's hard to do that. His ways are higher than our thoughts. His thoughts are, you know, his ways and his thoughts are higher than our our ways and thoughts. You're going to have to come up into revelation knowledge of who he is. Now let's go to the next verse, verse 3. According as his divine power. Now, this is. This is going to lead up to where I'm going. It's about His divine power, which is something that you should shout hallelujah about. Amen. Okay, that was weak. Because we don't understand this, it's not about my intellect. In fact, the dumber you are, probably the easier it is to walk with God. Because yes. the smarter you are, or the smarter you think you are, yeah. the more you think you got to say in it. Yeah. That you got to analyze what he says. He says according to his divine power. So now that means that I'm not subject to my intellect, and I'm not subject to my skill set. This is about me getting out of the way and letting him be God. Now, there is a truth. Some people will preach about uh, that it's, it's, well, it's me and God together going to do things. There's, there's a truth in that. But, it, but if you don't really elaborate on it, most people's not going to get it. Because the only part on you is to say, yes, sir. See, you and God actually means God and you saying, yes, sir. He's, he doesn't need your intellect. He needs your willingness. He doesn't need your muscles. He needs your willingness. He doesn't need your ability. He needs your willingness. So the me and God is at its greatest peak when you can't see me. Okay, if you didn't connect the dots... You can say the exact same thing when we can't see you. It's amazing to me how, many, how people like to show off their spirituality or, or talk like making them so, look like they're so spiritual or put a title on their name. It means absolutely nothing. No flesh shall glory in the presence of God. Your title means nothing. Amen. You don't know enough of the Bible... And I would say that even if you have from Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelations memorized, you don't know enough of the Bible to impress God. I guarantee you the devil knows the Bible more than you. So it's our ability to get in Him according as His divine power has given unto us all things. Say all all things. Now if He's given to us all things, then what are we lacking? I ask this question all the time. We're lacking nothing. Now, we do have to understand that in what he has given us, we have to receive it, take it, possess it. So did he die for all? Are all saved? Now, is salvation there for all? Even the unsaved? But if they don't take it, they don't possess it. So so even though he's given to us, we have to possess what he's given to us. Okay, are you following me? So what are the all things that he's given to me that pertain to life and to godliness? So there's two arenas on this. Is that everything I need to sustain life. Now, do you need more like money today than you did three years ago? Yeah, because inflation is eroding away. But he's given me all things. So it doesn't matter what the natural is looking like. There's a realm of the spirit where things operate efficiently. So he's given me all things uh, according to life and godliness. So if God has called you to do something, you've been impressed upon your heart that that he has something for you to do. Did he say, now you go make it happen? Follow him. Most people, when they, they, they sense a call of God on their life, they start trying, they step out of the power of the call and step into the power of their intellect. That's a good way to mess it up. We, we, I used to say this all the time in the beginning of the, the ministry. I violated it many times and learned the truth of it, is that what God orders, he pays for. What I order, I pay for. That's why I'm not right, real big on just getting into projects and doing things. I don't want to do things that God didn't call me to do. So there's things that, are, that they're good to do. They help people. But God didn't call me to do it. He called somebody else to do it. So they have the provision to do it. I don't. So if we walk in God and do what He says, He's given us the power and the ability to walk in this. Now, uh, uh, so how is this going to work? According as the divine power, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Again, we see through the knowledge. I'm going to operate in this based on knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now, I think a lot of times we just read that glory and virtue and think, oh, okay, praise God, hallelujah. But, But let me define these things for you. The original word glory, translated from the original Greek, means high renown or honor, won by notable achievements. He's called you and me and given us power according to His divine power to have notable achievements. People should look at you and me and wonder, how did you do that? I know you. I went to school with you. You're not that smart. (laughs) You don't have that kind of ability. This promise right here is, is a realm that God wants us to walk in. And the praise God element of it, the only qualifications I have is receiving Jesus and what he's done. Walking in it. So he gave it to us through knowledge. This is the hard part, as I said. Because he doesn't think the way we think. Now, <clears throat> his ways do not make sense to us, to our natural. That's why the Bible says in two separate places, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Because your understanding, yours and my thinking, is going to bring us down from the power that He wants to manifest. Now, verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding and precious promises, that by these exceeding and precious promises, we might be partakers, we might be partakers of the divine nature. So now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7, that I quote all the time, is uh, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Same thing. God wants you and me to live in a realm that, that people see the supernatural power of God and And the only way that that can happen in the midst of a dark and dying world is that we're living above the darkness. Now, you don't, you don't, if you're going to live this way, you've got to make a determination, I want to live above the darkness. See, if you want to fight like Bruce Lee, anybody ever watch a Bruce Lee movie? Okay, if you want to fight like Bruce Lee, you don't sit in your house and say, man, I wish I could fight like Bruce Lee. You're going to have to go train. You're going to have to go do something and possess the skill set. Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal, any of these that actually, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing in fighting. There, there's a long history of training before you saw the movie. It was funny because I, you know, most people know that I was in uh, martial arts when I was younger. Uh wha! No. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I used to fight tournament karate and so on and so forth. And uh, it's, it was during the time frame, I don't remember what year it was, but do you remember when Chuck Norris came out with, like, Octagon and uh, the, those movies? And so, uh, and then um, I think Bruce Lee was still alive at the time, and he had his movies coming out. Every time one of those movies came out, our enrollment went up. <laughs> Say, oh, what brought you to us today? Well, I want to learn how to jump, spin in the air three times, kick somebody's head off, and and come down in the splits. It's like, okay, do you know that's not going to happen this week? It won't? You can't teach me how to do that? Oh, you can learn how to do it, but you're going to have to put some time and effort and discipline in it. Did you say discipline? And i got to pay for it too? So seriously, if we're going to walk in, everything is there for us to walk in. But it's going to take something from us on our part. And I think this is where it's missed a lot when we get to the body of Christ is that we don't we don't understand. Everything's been given to me, but I got to go take it and apply it into my life. And that's going to require something of me. Now, he says, according to his divine nature, uh, so that we can be partakers of the divine nature. Watch this. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, lust deals with wants and desires. Um, if, if, if you can grasp this, this, this power that he's given, the antithesis of the power is lust and desire. What keeps us out of what God has set before us is the battle against lust and desire wants. See, God will give God's given you everything. Really, if you understand this on a revelation basis that God's given me everything, I have no basis for wants and desires. But because I look at the natural and what I've I've got, and it hasn't manifested yet, then my wants and desires drives me to do something to try to get my wants and desires, which actually takes me away from having been given to me. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible told me so. Yes, he does love you, but there's, there's something we got to walk in. Turn to Corinthians chapter 10. Amen. I'm telling you, if you can get this, this, this message will be liberating. I, we're, we're living so far below. We're living so far below what God has, what Jesus paid the price for. And we think we're doing such spiritual things because we, you know, God used us once or twice, or or we got a prayer answered, or or we think we stand in it because we're fighting the devil who's already defeated, or you know, just whatever goofiness that we get in our minds. We're living far below. So, First Corinthians chapter ten, verse one. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. Now, ignorant is just a lack of knowledge. If your appendix breaks right now. I'm ignorant on how to take it out. And you probably are thankful that I don't try. (laughs) Okay, so ignorant is not a bad word. I'm ignorant when it comes to cars. Uh, Like I've said before, I have blown up a battery before trying to jump one. I'm ignorant on how cars work. I don't take that as a uh, a negative. It's just something I've never studied. I, I know I could learn it, but I don't have an interest in it. So there's things that I'm ignorant in, there's things that you're ignorant in, and, um, and so what? But, but Paul came here to the Corinthians and he says, Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant of something I'm getting ready to tell you. So, so all scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so what he's about to tell them, he's telling us also. Yes. Copi West Coast and, and all those that are present with us here and online, God does not want you ignorant about what we're getting ready to read. How that all our fathers, now this is a reference to the Old Testament. So if you follow some of those preachers that preach that the Old Testament doesn't apply to New Testament believers, you're, this is going to go right over your head. All our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, what is he talking about? What, what, what is this thing of ignorance he's talking about? Go back to chapter 924. So on mine it's just straight up the page. Know ye not that they which run in the race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. He's he's talking about running to obtain. Now, I just started showing out of 2 Peter that everything has been given to you, but you must obtain it. It doesn't come and fall on your lap. All right? And every man that striveth, or, or let me say before we read this, going back to second Peter, we read it in second Peter chapter one, four, four, all the precious promises that God gave us that would cause us to take on his divine nature. All right? twenty five. Every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Temperate means self-controlled. And um, you know uh, uh, went and celebrated Evelyn's birthday on um, Thursday evening over at Superior Dairy. And I got an ice cream that was about this big. Is that exaggerating? Okay. It was huge. I can tell you I was not tempering. I ate the whole thing. And at the end of it, I said, that's just about... Enough to make you want more. (laughs) Okay, temperance is self-control. So he's talking about people that run a race that if you ever study out Olympians, they're temperant. They, They make themselves do things to qualify for the sport that they're going to be in. They will eat certain ways. They will exercise certain ways. They will train certain ways. They don't just go the way they think. Now remember Paul saying, I want you to understand. I don't want you to be ignorant. So he's explaining what he does not want us to be in, ignorant of. He's, he's relaying or giving us a story or a way to understand it. Every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now, they do, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. If people will discipline themselves to win a race, how much more should you and I want to win the prize, the promises, the inheritance that God has put in place for us? We, we should want it. I therefore, uh, I therefore, so run. Verse twenty-six. Not as uncertainly, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body under. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. That is the word temperate, temperate right there. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So Paul understood that if I don't control me, you know, being Paul, I'm speaking as Paul. If I don't control me. Even with my revelation knowledge and understanding of how the things of the Spirit work, if I don't control me, I could become a castaway. So what does that tell us? Just because you studied the word once, I've seen this many times. People, they're they're operating off of yesterday's knowledge and yesterday's faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word, Romans 10.17. Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith. You can't have yesterday's faith. You, you, you can't function on what you knew one time. We have testimonies to encourage us, but you can't live off of yesterday's testimony. David had the testimony of the bear and the lion, and he used that to encourage himself and encourage Saul, but he had to live on today's testimony. Who is this un, uh, uncircumcised Philistine? And so we, we see this, and he says, Moreover, brethren, I would that you would uh, that you should not be ignorant, Uh be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the, the crowd. Now, hold your place there and go to, well, no, let me read uh, another thing here. Let's go to verse 2. And we're all baptized. Okay, let me back up to verse 1 so I can lay this out. I I, I got to, you know, it's easy when you understand something, you think everybody else understands it and you just start talking. So I, I got to slow down here. I'm back in verse 1. So that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. The cloud is a type of spirit and the sea is a type of water. Now watch this in verse 2 to make that make sense. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So there was a baptism of water and of spirit. Are you with me? Hold your place here, and let's jump over to John chapter 3. We're coming back, but I want to read something else. John chapter 3. Verse 5. This is when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, he did not say he could not go to heaven. He said he could not enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the system of God, of operation of the power of God. In Luke, uh, I think it's 927, Jesus said, There's people standing here today that shall not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come with power. So what Jesus did on the cross opened the door for God's system of operation. But Paul here is saying that these guys back in the Old Testament, they were operating this as a foreshadow of what we were going to operate in. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians. They were all baptized, verse 2, unto Moses in the cloud and the sea, and they did all eat the same spiritual meat, the same word of God, and they did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now in that, that rock where the water flow illustrated to us the provision of God, the power of God operating, where there was... Because if you remember, they crossed over the sea, they uh, praised God for three days, then they got grumpy, it's like, what, did God bring us out here? We got no water. And then God brought water out of the rock. So he met their need in this place of the wilderness where they had no resources. Pastor, what are you talking about today? I'm talking about what God has said. We're living below the level that God has established for us. I want you to see and I want you to understand there is so much more. And you don't have to fight to get it. If you can understand... What God did, uh, you don't have to fight. Now, verse 5 is very critical. We're still in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 5. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. Well, if you think about Hebrews 11 and 6, it says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what happened was when the Israelites came out of Egypt and they got into the wilderness, they didn't know how to operate by faith. What did they know? They were, they were in prison, or not in prison, in, in bondage, in slavery for 430 years. They knew how to follow directions and had their basic needs met. You're going to go out. You're going to labor all day. You're going to make a brick. You're going to build a thing. You're going to do this. You're going to go out and work in the fields. And here, you can live here. We'll provide you this. Kind of sounds like communism. Uh, you're going you're to live here. You'll have this ration of bread, this ration of wheat, and you're going to be taken care of on this natural. I go out here and labor. I come back here and I have my basic needs met. Does that kind of sound like work today? I go out here and, and I work for the man. He gives me a paycheck so I can come over here and have bread and water. Maybe make a little bit more. If you're, if you're prudent with your money, have a little bit more than what you're spending so you can build up a little bit of something. Then I go back here and I give him another 8, 10 hours. He gives me another paycheck and, and I come back here so that I can get down through the next day. This is what they understand in Egypt. Now Egypt is a type and foreshadow of the world and of sin. You're in bondage when you're in sin. And when you're not in Christ, when you don't receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are living under that system. Now, don't, don't, for the black and white thinkers, don't go all the way over there. Oh, man, I'm wrong for having a job. No, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. It's just the system that we operate in. When we look at it, the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, they did not know how to function with God. The wilderness was a place where they learned how to walk with God. How to believe what God said. And they really struggled with this. Many Christians receiving Jesus as Lord has come out of Egypt. When you come out of Egypt, you're in the wilderness. But you're going to the Promised Land. Now, some people will teach that the Promised Land is a type of heaven. It's not. How do we know that? There were walled cities in there. There were giants in there. Now, they were going to have to go to war in there. You're not going to have to do that in heaven. There's no walled cities to take. There's no giants that are in opposition. You're not going to have to fight to get anything. Uh, it's it's all there. So so the promised land is a type and foreshadow of living in the spirit. And all the promises that God's given to us. And so so they're here. With many of them, God was not well pleased. Why? Because in the wilderness, they were overthrown. Many Christians... Are overthrown, they don't beat the, what's coming against them. Why? Many times because they don't learn from the Israelites who grumble, who complain, who always look back from where they came from, and, and different things like this. People, there's something weird about a, a large portion of people. They want somebody to take care of them. I got this, I was thinking about this just the other day. I got this letter in the mail. I think it's from the water company. It's from a utility, whichever one it is. Well, what is this, so I read the first part. You may be able to qualify for benefits. I threw it away. I, I, I don't want to live off somebody giving me benefits. God's already given me benefits. Do you know that most Christians would jump at the chance to get a government handout? Because they would perceive that it would make their life easier. I don't want it. I didn't want the stimulus checks. So, well, did you take them? Yeah, and for the most part, we sowed them. I, I don't want to live off somebody else. I mean, you can do what you want. In this word of God, I, I see that I'm living below what God, we live pretty well, but I'm living below what God has given me. And, and ain't no there's no government, because even if the government gave me something, I'm paying it on the back end in my taxes that keep going up. I don't want to rely on, on somebody giving me something who has nothing because the, the government creates nothing. Now, they can print money, but, they, but they, don't, they don't produce anything. They take other people's money and give it to other people. I want to go, I, I've got a heavenly father that says, I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. That's good enough for me. Now, I want to learn how to live and I want to learn how to maximize the, the system because he's given it to me. But, but I, I don't want my dependency on anybody else. Now watch this. With many of them, God was not well pleased. Um, think of the wilderness as the, the place between coming out of the world and, and, and going into the promised land or going into the promises of God. Um, with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, it is, it is also in the wilderness... That where I said that our faith is tried, but it's also the place where we want help. Because it's hard. Now, if you, if you study out Israel coming out of, of Egypt and they're in the wilderness, they were taken care of. They had enough. They just didn't have more than enough. Go out and get your manna for today. Don't get any more. Just get for today. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They had enough. They were taken care of. God said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. We will always have enough if we're born again and we trust in God. I did not say it would always be easy. But there is a land of more than enough that all of us can live in. Now, look at verse 6. Now, these things, what things? The things that we just read are for our example. We need to look back when they came out of Egypt, they struggled because they did not know how to walk in faith, and they're thinking of how they did it and what they were given in Egypt. These are for our examples to the intent that we should not lust, desire, want after evil things as they also loved, lusted. Now, now, they were wanting somebody to take care of them. They wanted to go back get leeks and melons. They wanted to have graves that they could uh, bury their dead in, so on and so forth. Watch this. Neither be ye idolaters. Now, as some of them were. As it is written, now he's going to explain how they were idolaters. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. They had a play mentality. They had a status, you know, just give me something to eat. Give me something to do. It's the Bible that said it was idolatry. I didn't. Just look at your life. How much of it is idolatry? Well, I should be able to do that. I want to play too. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed. You you live in a a day uh, right now where the world, the culture, the society thinks that living together outside of marriage is okay. God knows our heart. Yeah, He knows you're a fornicator. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them did. It went really well for them also, and fell in one day, three and 20,000. It doesn't matter if society says it's okay. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmur, (coughs) and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now watch this, verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Okay, now now they struggled. Remember, they came out of Egypt where they had just enough. You know, something was to provide them. They had hard labor. They toiled, but they got enough. They came into this place where they're going to trust God. He met them at their basic needs, but they, they struggled trusting what He said. Can you and I move... From wilderness, now now if you've got a good paycheck, let's say you've done well in life, paycheck. You still may be in the wilderness. Do you know how to beat depression? Do you know how to beat anxiety? Do you know how to beat sickness and disease? Do you know how to beat the evil of the day? It's not just money. Can we move out of wilderness living? Well, you know, I give my life to Jesus. Okay, that's fine. That's great. You die, you're going to heaven, but do you want to live in hell on earth? See, a lot of people are living in hell on earth. Every day is just a fight. Every day it's just a battle to keep your sanity. You ever notice that? You, you turn on the news. I don't suggest doing it. I don't, I don't turn on the news, but turn on the news. I mean, you'll get depressed in 30 seconds. Of everything that's going on, you are fed negativity all day long. Then you go to, you know, the water cooler at the workplace, as the old saying was. What are they talking about? All their problems. Then you go to the boss's office, what he's talking about? All his problems. Or her, whatever it is. Okay, see, we're in a battle for this. So we don't want to be overthrown. So let's break down verse 5. Going back, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Number one, not well pleased. Hebrews 11 and 6, they were without faith. Number two, they were overthrown. That means they didn't win. (coughs) That means they didn't overcome. Jesus said, occupy till I come. Jesus beat, I have overcome the world. That means occupy, stay in the overcoming position. The church has moved into a defeated position. Most people within the church that confess to be Christians are fighting life on every single level. He he didn't create us for that. There's a way that you can live above the darkness that is in the world. Now, why does God want us to possess? Because, see, a lot of people lose their focus. Hold your place here. Why does God want us to uh, possess? Go back to Genesis chapter 12. Because if you don't understand why, you're going to struggle with it. And your, and your focal point is going to be incorrect. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Now, this is talking to Abraham, so if you're in Abraham, this promises to you also. And thou shalt be a blessing. He wants you to possess the land so that you can be a blessing. He wants you to have more than enough that not only is your will full, but you've got others flowing out that you can help other people. Many people live and want to live in the position of, I need help. Can you help me? God said, I've given you everything. You don't need help. You can be the helper. He said, you shall not be the borrower, but you shall be the lender. He said, you shall be above only and not beneath. He said, you shall be the head and not the tail. He said, you shall be blessed going in and blessed coming out. There is a place that we can live where all of these things uh, will, will manifest uh, in our lives. And then in verse 3 says, I will bless them that blesseth I'll curse him that curseth thee. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So so you can also live in a realm that anybody that wants to do damage to you, come against you, harm you, God will step in and intervene and stop them and turn it around back on them. Now, the Israelites had an identity problem. They could not wrap their mind around what God was trying to do through them. Do you and I have an identity problem? Because what God has said about you and me that believe in him is so far greater than our ability because most has never lived in a life of more than enough. More time, more than enough time, more than enough money, more than enough health, more than enough family peace, more than enough anything that you can put the label on. And if we've never lived in it, it's hard to wrap your mind around how can I do this? but he he's showing us how we can do this so th- verse 6 verse 6 says now these things were for our example so everything that happened to the israelites for an example for us and i've got this saying that says people's been people ever since people's been people so what are we supposed to do we are supposed to look at the israelites and see how they handled it and see how it worked and do what worked right, and don't do what worked wrong. There are examples. He didn't live as you know people that had their, they get their first baby, and it's like, where's the where's the owner's manual? Nobody told me what to do. You know, we know what to do. We have the mind of Christ. Say, no, I I don't know what to do. Why don't you be quiet and let, let God speak? Well, I've been asking Him to. Well, just keep asking and keep waiting. He says he, will, he hears us. Now, go to Deuteronomy 11. Let me close up here. Because now, these are the people that he's been talking about. We've been in the New Testament the whole time so far. Now, we're going to go back and look at the people very quickly about who he was talking about. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 10, it says, For the land, that's the promised land that we've been talking about, whether thou goest in to possess it. Notice he said, where you go in to possess it. Now, God had given this land to Abraham. Now it's coming time to go in to possess it. There were enemies in there. Okay, but God had given it to them. But they had to go possess it. Okay, but God had given it to them. It's theirs. But they couldn't sit on their lazy boy and wait for the land to come to them. They had to go get it. But in going to get it, There were giants in the land. There was opposition. There were walled cities. Remember Jericho, the first one they went into? It was a walled city. But they didn't have to fight. They walked around and blew the trumpets. God did all the work. The land that I've given you to go in and to possess it is not the land of Egypt. Now, now this is the part where it's struggle. Translation, where you came out of it had an operational system. But where you're going into, it has a different operational system. So he's going to explain it. Let's look. The land where thou goest into to possess it is not the land of Egypt from which you came out of, where you sowed your seed. You went out and you sowed the seed. And you watered it. How did you water it? And the water, you watered it with thy foot. So they probably had some kind of pumping system where they, you know, from the the river, you know, and and they got the pumping of the water and and, this is a big garden. Man, I didn't realize I planted that much. It's getting hot. Only one lane has water in it. I got 10 more. He said, the land you're going into is not like that. Okay, but see, if, if we come out of where I've got to work, labor, toil. See, this is where people don't get it. They put their job before their work before God. Oh, man, there's a way where God will make your work work. <laughs> no, Pastor, you don't understand. I got to go take care of it. If I will not miss church and go take care of it, who else is going to take care of it? Well, how's it going to work? Well, let's read verse 11. But the land where thou go into possess, he says it again, you got to go in to possess it. It's the land of hills and valleys and, and drink as water of the rain of heaven. He says, I'll, re- I'll water it for you. See, now, they never knew this. They, they came out 430 years. They've been toiling to get everything that they got. And now they're coming over to a land. God says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to do it. I need you to go in and possess it but I'm going to be the one that possesses it for you. You just got to show up and do what I tell you to do. There's a system that we can live in. You say, well, this is Old Testament, pastor. No, we started off in Corinthians. That was New Testament talking about this. There's a place that we can live where God's power makes it happen. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. A land which the Lord thy God careth for. Did God care for Egypt? Did God care for the wilderness? No, He took care of in those places. But His eye is on this land to make sure it works and it functions. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. January 1st to December 31st. If you will operate in this, God's going to be watching out for it. And on February 10th, he still knows what's coming up on December 12th. And he's watching out to make sure everything lines up so that, that you and I can walk in the land that he waters, that he makes grow, that he makes, makes everything abundant. Remember, he said, I will give you a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Remember when the spies went in and they found a, a cluster of grapes and they cut the cluster of grapes off? They had to put it on a pole that two people carried. Have you ever had that problem? No, you and I go up to a grapevine, grocery store, uh, go up to a grapevine and we, uh, we, oh, I should put this in a bag. That's, that's not what happened in this promised land. When they cut the custard, they had to tie it to a pole and two people had to carry it on their shoulder. It was that big. This shows us what the land is that God wants us to operate. Remember in Malachi where he says, I'll pour you out a blessing and there shall not be room enough to to handle it. You're not going to be able to handle what God does. The opportunities, the blessings, the power of God. He wants it to manifest. So people look it up and say, how in the world do you do what you do? And you're not even stressed out. Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus. Verse 13. There is a qualification. And it shall come to pass that if you shall listen diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart, with all your, their soul. This, this is the, the problem. People have a hard time loving God with all their heart and all their soul because they're living in the wilderness trying to make life work. They're struggling. They're carrying the load. Jesus said, "Cast your cares over on me. They're burdened down. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But everybody's taking on the the yoke of Egypt, the yoke of this, trying to make it happen, trying to survive. Well, I got to take care of my babies. Uh, I tell you what, your God can take care of your babies far better than you can. Learn how to put your trust in him, walk in him, live in this promised land. He'll make it all work and and you not be stressed out. That I will give you the rain in your land in due season, the first rain and the latter rain, and thou may goest, thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thy oil, and I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, and thou mayest eat and be full. So, so they got cattle, they got responsibilities. But God says, I'm going to give the increase. I'm the one that's going to make it happen. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. Don't, 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 don't be deceived. There's still opposition in the land. Take take heed to yourself that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Now Now you've got the battle of wanting to play. Now you've got the battle of those things that he called idolatry. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. Now wait a minute here in verse seventeen, this is an example to us. And he shut up the heaven. I feel like I feel like God's not even listening to me. Did you close the? Did you cause him to close the doors, the windows? And there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, fruit unless you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord thy God giveth you. I I just feel prompted to remind you. Remember how we prayed for water. Amen. Like like we were praying. For one year, and it really didn't come that year, but the next year, which was last year, whew, we got a lot of water. Don't stop praying. Because a lot of that water is going to get dumped off into the ocean. Keep praying that it's restored this coming raining, se- raining season also. Don't, don't drop that down because this is, God's given us dominion over this land. All right, let me, let me finish this thing off, close this off. Therefore, verse 18, I'm going to read down to verse 24. Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that you may be as frontlets between, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Now, the Jewish religion takes all these things verbatim, but basically what he's saying here, you've got to know the word, like he said to Joshua, meditate in this day and night that thou shalt have good success. You've got to get the word in your heart and in your mind so that you function based on the word of God. And you shall teach them to your children. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Teach your children. Speaking of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way. Notice he said, speaking of them, when thou sittest in the house. Quit sticking an I- iPad in front of them or a tablet. When thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest, and thou shalt write them on the doorposts of thine house, and upon thy gates. That, Watch this, verse 21. That your days may be multiplied... In the days of your children in the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them as the days of heaven on earth. In this land. See, a lot of people are believing for for long life, but long life actually happens in this promised land. That your days be multiplied and that you live in the days of heaven on earth. You and I, Have the power. I'm going to stop here. I got more, but I'm going to stop here because I'm probably going to preach on this next Sunday also. That the days of heaven on earth. That the days of heaven on earth. Let's stand. That you may live in the days of heaven on earth. How many times have you said, I feel like I'm living in the days of heaven. This must be what heaven's like. Today was so powerful in the things of God. This must be what? Heaven's life. Now, now somebody may say, I was praying, and man, I tapped into a realm of the spirit that, oh man, it just gave me a glimpse into heaven. That's good, but that's not what that verse said. That you and I can live as the days of heaven on earth. Well, let me just break this down a little bit. What do we know about the days of heaven on earth? there's no sickness right there's no sadness right there's no crying you know indicating sadness and and difficulties that we go through there's no lack there's no oppression talked about that on wednesday that the days of heaven on earth now in the wilderness there's a lot of battle so how in the world am I supposed to do this? Well, I'll deal with this as, as we go on. But, but you got to look at, they had to go in and take. Where they messed up, the first generation Israelites, where they messed up is they looked at the giants and said, I can't do it. What have you said you can't do? Well, if I don't show up, then, then I can't make money. Who said? Well, if I don't do this, then it's not going to happen. Who said? Is there a way to live in the days of heaven on earth? Is there a way to live in this promised land that he says, I've given you everything? He says, yeah, you're going to have to go in and possess it because right now somebody else is using what's yours. You ever think about somebody may be living in what was built for you because they were willing to go possess it and you weren't? If you've received Jesus as your Lord, you have a right into all this. But one of the biggest arenas where, where, where we lose the battle is going to be the same way I'm going to show you later, uh, that the Israelites lost it, the first generation Israelites, because when they saw what God had given them, they said, we can't do that. There's no way I can do that. I don't have the money for that. Praise God, I've got a a father that owns everything. Then why aren't you going (coughs) forward and moving forward on doing it? Well, because I can't do that. He never asked you to do it. He said he would do it. He said that you and I can take on his divine nature and that the excellency of his power may manifest through us based on this treasure in an earthen vessel. But what do I see? When I see a problem, a need, a whatever. Do I see me as the ability to go out and do it? Or do I see that I don't have the ability? Most people will say they're too old, they're too broke, they're too tired, they're too dumb. I can never I can never pull that off. And God says, I've given you power to do all things. I want to encourage you today. Step number one, you've got to receive Jesus as your Lord. If you really want to operate in the power, God will take care of you in the wilderness. But if you really want to uh, get into the power, you need to step up and and get filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Say, well, I try to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I can't. Yeah, out of your... Out of your belly shall flow flow rivers of living water. Most people are looking for God to do something this way, and God says it's going to come out this way. So do do you understand what that means, though, on a personal basis? If it comes this way, and I'm filled with the Spirit, then it's up to God. If it comes this way, it's up to me. I remember. Let me just tell because I don't know just this story, and I haven't thought about this story in a long time. I was raised in a way that uh, there's a there's a verse in the Bible. There's only one. It only says this one time. As the Spirit of God gave utterance, it was on the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. Now people like to teach that. Well, if God gives the utterance, then you'll 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 step out and be filled with the Spirit. No, Jesus said, out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. And so I was in this battle, and and. And uh, I was praying, and I'm praying in English, and I just really sensed in my heart, uh, praying the Spirit. Now, I w- this was a Spirit-filled church that we went in, I was raised in, so praying in the Spirit was not something that's foreign to me. It's foreign to some people. It's amazing how if somebody prays in the Spirit, uh, they get very uncomfortable and say, well, I don't know if that's real, but if somebody speaks a language they don't speak, they accept it as German, Russian, Mex- uh, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, or whatever. It's like, oh, well, they can speak that language. Well I can speak a heavenly language. Amen. oh no, that's weird David you can't you, I, I don't know about that that's just you. how do you know it's not them you can't understand what they're saying in German you, you think the devil doesn't fight us yep. and so I, I'm praying in in English and I, I just really feel this function of praying in the spirit and but I'm under this mindset as the spirit of God gives utter and so it's like okay, give up give me utterance and I'll pray but, but man there was no like chicken Thing, you know chicken skins or standing up hairs or or anything else I actually had hair back then and uh, uh, and so I just kept praying in English praying the spirit praying the spirit so I started I ju- I just started speaking out in an unknown tongue and I tell you what thoughts started going through my brain about hundred miles an hour that's just you you're mocking God you're and, and so I stopped I was like, Father, forgive me. I, did, I, I, I didn't mean to do that. I mean, I got under condemnation. I should have known better that God doesn't put us under condemnation. So I started praying in English again. And all of a sudden, uh, on the inside, I, I feel praying the Spirit, praying the Spirit. And so I, I did it again. And then uh, um, uh, in praying in the Spirit, um, I, all those thoughts started coming in. I pulled back again. So I started praying in English again. And all of a sudden, on the inside of me, I started feeling praying the Spirit. So I, I, did, I said, okay, Lord... I said, I really feel that it's of you that you want me to pray in the spirit, but every time I start, man, I start feeling like it's just me and that I'm I'm violating Bible and that I'm violating you, and and I, I so what I'm going to do is I'm going to repent first. Forgive me, because I I in, in no way intend to violate the laws of the spirit. And and I'm going to, but I keep sensing you want. You want to start speaking through me. You want me to pray in the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God will pray for things that we don't know what to pray for. And so I started, and then those, those thoughts started coming again. and But I just kept pushing through, pushing through. And it's like Chuck Yeager, when he hit the sound barrier, boom, I hit a level of peace. That is like, oh my goodness. Whew, I'm praying at a higher level now. Hallelujah. But you know that mind, that mind, that mind. Will battle you. That mind will battle you. So number one, and then the other thing is baptizing the Spirit, and I'll, I'll probably delve deeper on this in later days. So number one, let's just, let's just let's just go through this one, two, three, real quick. We, we're not going to baptize today, though. If you've not accepted Jesus as your Lord and you're wanting into this thing, is there anybody here that's never given your life to the Lord? Did you say I want to give my life to the Lord? I want in on this system. Okay, nobody's raising their hand. One two three all right i'll trust that everybody's given. all right but now we need to be baptized in the spirit so all of you who are baptized in the spirit that you pray in the spirit we're all going to pray in the spirit here for just a few minutes and those of you that haven't one of a couple things going to happen you're going to get really freaked out thoughts are going to go through your mind because what the devil always does is it's not real or you can say, "I'm going to do it too." Say, "Well, I don't know what to say. Just start saying something." It, it's kind of like when you're a baby, "Dad, dad, dad, dad." Now, when you're 14, we expect you to learn the word "dad" or "daddy" or some father or something like that. But it's okay when you're you're a baby and we say "dad, dad," right? "Mama," "food," "ah," don't cry. But what happens as we, as the baby continually says that, then uh, they start developing their language. And that's what's going to happen. And I want to encourage you, if you're not, if you're not filled with the spirit, you need to take a step out. You need to get into this. And uh, um, uh, I I tell you what, there's a realm there. That you can start praying for things that when you don't know what to pray for, you can start praying out of your spirit, man, and and start dealing with things that you don't even know, you didn't even know you needed to deal with. So those of you that that's with me, let's just pray here for for a couple moments in the spirit. And those of you that haven't, come on, step out, heavenly Father. Eshonara bossi ne devo shata Nebashadaraboso ke Branka Tabashatarabosi. bosso kekik bronka tava shata bossi o breke ne breke kekishonana musodore branda bashata bossi ke breke kekishonana musodore kadabasha dishandare bossi broke shoder bossi ke nibushana ni breke kekishata bossi nishandare bossondore kadabasha dare bossi lord we worship you today onde boschadore ni brande oh we thank you jesus oh break na mashandarebosike nei bosha oh for the flow of the spirit through us ni bronko ni mashandarebosike break ni mashandarebosike ni proko koshodore basandarebosha tadabosi i pronka nima chindirebosondareboshotarebosi hallelujah hallelujah i call you blessed today if you need prayer for anything that we didn't deal with today then you come up here the elders of of the church are up here and they'll pray with you encourage you we've got to start walking in this supernatural where we get more stories like what what Sam gave us where God delivered God made a way and we're living based on miracles we're living based on power we're overcoming and we're possessing the the work that Jesus did in this earth in the name of Jesus I call you blessed